They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pig and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. Demons Satan And Sheol the darkness will be exposed. On Into the Abyss. Welcome, guys, back to the next episode of Into the Abyss. We're talking about demons today, demons part one. I'm joined again by EJ, my co-host. Hello, everyone. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed the last one, and it's going to be another good one. Yep. We're going to be giving you all the stuff the Bible says about demons, a little bit of uh, some extra stuff, and we will get into all the little nuances there. Yes. So, to start off, what did you think of the cold open that we read? I thought... It was a good story, classic one. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like I've heard that one. It kind of shows the power of Jesus, how the demon's like, oh, put us in the pigs. And he said, okay, put them in the pigs. And, you know, they all died. Yeah. So and what's really interesting. So first, what's really interesting, there's a few observations we can like see from this story. What's really interesting is that the demons say we are legion for we are many. So a legion in the Roman time would be about 5,000 to 7,000 men, I think. So That's a lot. That's a lot of demons. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> and the other thing, that, which we'll get into this a little later, but it's kind of a little symbolic with the way the demons, they went into the pigs, but then they died, not the demons, but the pigs, their bodies that they were inhabiting died in a bunch of water. Just saying, very interesting. We'll get into why that's interesting a bit later. I, that's just a lot of demons thinking about 7,000. I know, that's insane. Yeah. And what's crazy is that the guy was able to like, live with that many demons in them but then the pigs just went and killed themselves yeah which i found it creepy when he said we are legion yeah. that's that sounds like some venom from marvel which is a little creepy i'm gonna lie yes. because <laughs> venom does sound kind of i don't know kinda, yeah yeah anyway yeah. kind of i don't know a little demonic in my opinion even though i used to really like those i still kind of like them but they are a little the more i think about it it's like we are venom I don't know. Which we might just be overthinking it because, I mean, he is talking about the guy he has possessed. But then again, and then yeah. he is always talking in his head and then he like takes over him and then they go like do crazy things. So I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. 
Anyway, as y'all can tell, we love Marvel. As y'all yeah, can tell, yeah, the old Marvel, the the good old days. Yes. Anyway, a little off topic there. Wink, wink. So here's something of what we wanted to start off with because I've had this question so much, much, and I wanted to have the time to just fully flesh out my opinion and why I think the way I do. And so today is the day. This is the time. This is the chance. So what? is the difference between demons and fallen angels. Okay, this is a loaded question. This is a can of worms, a can of snakes. Yes. A can of, yeah, a can of demons. Can of demons. Don't don't open that can. That's that's a bad can. Don't don't open it. Yep, don't do that. But we're going to open it anyway. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, we're going to just get straight into it. So the difference is, so fallen angels... All right, fallen angels, they are some of the angels, part of God's host. It sounds like in Revelation 12, it sounds like it was about a third of them is are the fallen angels, a third of the fallen angels of heaven. They fell. Well, here's the really interesting thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, they fell before the, or like before the fall and like all this stuff. And it's like, no, actually, the Bible doesn't say that. Actually, if we actually read right there in Revelation 12. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her hand. Okay, so this is Israel, talking about Israel, or symbolically, the 12 stars, obviously the 12 tribes of Judah. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna continue. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 hordes and 10 crowns on its heads, representing Satan. Okay, so then it says, its tail swept down a third of the stars out of the sky and flung t- them to earth the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. So, this is happening. This sounds like... The, so, Israel is about to give birth to Jesus, okay? And okay. Satan is waiting, and, and Satan flings down the three, uh, the third of the stars of heaven, the stars out of the sky, which is usually representing angels, and flung them to earth. So, this is a, around the time of Jesus' birth. And then so it says she gave birth to a son, a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And the child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Okay, so that is Jesus' ascension right there. So Jesus' birth, Satan and the angels, that sounds like the like a major fall part. Like that's when they are swept to earth. But then, right, so he's given, the, he is born and then he was snatched up to God and to his throne. And then the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Pretty sure this has to do something with like destruction of the temple or something where Israel went or something like that. I forgot the exact of that little part. And then it says, when war, when then war broke out in heaven. So this is right after it says that talking about Jesus' ascension. Okay. So then it says, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and he and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to earth, and the angels with him. So, this right here is at Jesus' ascension, okay? Okay. All right? Now, there's another part. So, Jesus, at his ascension, says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. All authority in heaven and on earth. And then in another place says, I forget the exact the exact scripture reference, but it says that principalities and powers and rulers and authorities have all been put under Jesus' feet, which would have happened at his ascension. I think what happened here was that when Jesus ascended, all of the authority was put under him, and I don't think they wanted to give all their authority up that they had been given, so there, there was a whole fight. 
That's where the yeah. fight happened because he was all authority was being given to Jesus. Yeah, and so that's when that's when the major fall of like a third of the angels happened. Because yeah, so anyway, that's all super interesting. So that's that's what would be the fallen angels be. Yes. We have a few other groups of fallen angels. So uh, at the fall, we have Satan, but that's it. It sounds like Satan tempted them, and that was his fall. Okay. Then we have after that. We have the 200 watchers who descended on Mount Hermon and had children with humans and created hybrids and all sorts of craziness. And that all that stuff. All that stuff. All that. That's another can of demons that we won't open right now. But we won't, might a little later. Actually, we'll have to a little later. You know what yeah. I mean? So then we have what we think, what we estimate to be about 70. But Deuteronomy 32 says, so this is in Moses' speech before he died or prayer or song, something like that. Okay. So what it says, it's a song about God. It's talking about the Israel and their relationship together. And it has a few little Jesus winks in there. But in total, it's talking about Israel and God's relationship. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you. Your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is allotted heritage. So this is another. So according to the number of sons of God, there's a little later, they give a table of nations that divided up after the Tower of Babel. Okay. This is talking about the Tower of Babel area, which is the only time that God divided the nations expressly. And that's what it's saying, okay? Fixing the borders of the peoples. But what it says is that he did it according to the number of the sons of God, which is a group of angels. What this is implying is that the little g gods over the nations are number one real, but number two, they're angels or angelic being-like things, okay? Yeah, because there's only one God. So they had to have been like lower. Of course, right. They're obviously created angel things. Yeah. They're obviously created angels. Things, yeah, angelic yes. things, angelic beings. Okay. Anyway, so that would be an estimated. We think it's about seventy because it says according to the number of sons of God. Then it gives the number of seventy nations that were divided after the Tower of Babel. So we assume it's about seventy. Okay. So right now we have all right. So we have Satan's fall. We have two hundred at Mount Hermon. We have seventy at the Tower of Babel. All right. Cool. Then we skip forward all the way to Jesus' ascension. And we have the fall of all the angels, the, a third of the angels. Okay, that's what we okay. have. Those are the fallen angels we have. But until Jesus' ascension and birth, we don't really have a ton of fallen angels doing much besides, well, as in like tempting people or doing things that people think that fallen angels did. I mean, they obviously did other things like ruled the nations, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. But they didn't, they, they weren't doing, they weren't running around tempting people randomly. Okay. So that's what fallen angels are. Now, demons. What the are meat demons? of this episode. The meat of the episode. What are they? Well, demons. All right. Okay. Here we just, I'm just going to straight up into it. All right. So my belief is that demons are the spirits of dead giants. Okay. Now, before everybody throws tomatoes at me and they're like, oh no, get this guy off. He's a sacrilegious swine. <laughs> Hold on. Just wait a minute. Okay. What are the demons called in the Bible? Okay, they're called unclean spirits. Okay, they're also called like bastard spirits in some translations. They're called evil spirits, unclean spirits, and they're called demons. There's a few Hebrew words for them. They're, the daimonion is the Greek word, and it's only used a few times in the Bible. And then there's a few Hebrew words that refer to it, but none of them parallel to angel. 
and what I wanted to bring up was that if you if you're like oh well no demons are fallen angels well number one you got that idea from John Milton's Paradise Lost that's where that idea came from so that's not the Bible sorry and that that's where you guys get that idea it's not that's not a biblical idea no one actually ever said that in the Bible actually up until a few hundred years ago especially when that book was written they accepted everyone accepted the view that it was the the spirits of dead giants okay so and I, I have a few quotes here from one from enoch and if you don't like enoch that's totally fine but i have one from justin martyr who was an, uh, one of the early church fathers i have one from Irenaeus and tertullian so some of the early church fathers and early church people that were like really really important okay yeah so i'll read a few of them just like i'll read enoch first so i mean you know, take that as you will. I know a lot of people are like, well, Enoch, no, it's not in the Bible. So it's probably like, no, well, that doesn't mean it's false. I mean, you read science books and it's like, you read a science book, oh, it's written by man. Does that mean it's false? Well, it, it's not in the Bible either. So do you think that's false? I mean, some of them might be, but not all of them. Obviously, Enoch is not part of scripture. So it's not like we can 100% trust it, but it is the most trustworthy of the extra biblical documents that we have because it's the, bit, the second most ke- well kept besides the Bible. So it is at least the one we can trust the most, not that we can trust it 100% all the time. But again, don't like, don't, we're not putting as much stock in it as we do the Bible, but it has some interesting thoughts about it. So I'll read First Enoch 15, 8 through 11. So it says, And now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they are born from men, and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on the on earth, and evil spirits shall they be called. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling, but as for the spirits of the earth which were born upon the earth on the earth shall be the dwelling and the spirits of the giants afflict oppress destroy attack do battle and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble they take no food nevertheless they hunger and thirst and cause offenses and these spirits shall rise up against the children of man and against the women because they have proceeded from them okay so i think about it is i definitely think demons are probably the dead spirit of giants because like you said the Bible never says anything blatantly like, oh, yes, demons are fallen angels. I feel like, like, like you said, it's commonly believed. But that makes sense if it was the spirits of fallen giants. Because, yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, they're born evil because, I mean, we'll, from evil We'll get angels. into all of the reasons why we think that, obviously. But after I get to these quotes, we'll get into all the little details of the little questions people would have like do they have a soul well or do giants have a soul and we'll get to talk about like why we think that demons are not fallen angels all that stuff so make sure stay tuned yep all right so justin martyr coming in clutch he's a top g he's an early church father so all right here's this quote but the angels transgressed this appointment and were captivated by love of women and begot children who are those that are called demons and besides they afterwards subdued the human race to themselves, partly by magical writings and partly by fears and the punishments they occasioned, and partly by teaching them to offer sacrifices and incense and libations. Okay, well, that's what I'll read, but that's super interesting. Ooh, okay. He also talks about, okay, so he said, whence also the poets and mythologists, not knowing that it was the angels and those demons who had been begotten by them that did these things to men and women and cities and nations, which they related to the offspring of those who were called his brothers Neptune and Pluto and to the children again of these their offspring for whatever name each of the angels had given to himself and his children by that name they called them. Ooh! Okay, so that has some extra juice. You know what I'm saying? Extra so that, juice. Bro, bro, bro. So that, uh, at least in his opinion, 
that the, all the mythologists and historians called them Neptune and Pluto and all those God names, like all those, because that's what the angels had given themselves and their children's names. But he thinks that their children were also demons. Justin Martyr. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll bring out you Irenaeus. This is his book against heresies. So he says, since the son of God is the always one and the same, he gives to those who believe on him a well of water springing up to eternal life. But he causes the unfruitful fig tree immediately to dry up. And in the days of Noah, he justly brought on the deluge for the purpose of extinguishing that most infamous race of men that existed, who could not bring forth fruit to God, since the angels that sinned had commingled with them and acted as he did in order that he may might put a check upon the sins of these men. Anyway, so Irenaeus thought that they, the angels slept with humans. Then we have Irenaeus also thought that the angels had been put over different nations. It says, therefore God, winking at the times of ignorance, does now command all men everywhere to turn to him with repentance, because he hath appointed a day on which the world shall be judged in righteousness by the man Jesus, whereof he hath given assurance by raising him from the dead. Now in this passage, he does not only declare to them God as the creator of the world, no Jew be, Jews being present, but that he did also make one race of men to dwell upon all the earth. As also Moses declared, when the Most High divided the nations, as he scattered the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the nations after the number of the angels of God, which is probably from the Septuagint, because the Septuagint says just uh, the number of the angels of God. And then it says, but that people which believes in God is not now under the power of angels, but under the Lord's rule after his death and ascension. That's really interesting. Anyway, that is. Whew, okay, that was a lot of reading. That was. Uh, I have one more. I know there's a lot of quotes here, but there's one more. Just to Tertullian, okay, from his Apology. He said, or a book called Apology. I don't know if that means apology or apology. I don't know. We are instructed, moreover, by our sacred books, how from certain angels who fell from their of their own free will. Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting thought there. There sprang a more wicked demon brood, condemned of God, along with the authors of their race. And that chief we have referred to, it will for the present be enough. However, that some account is given of their work, their great business is the ruin of mankind. So from the very first, spiritual wickedness, out of destruction. All right. Okay. I'm done with the quotes now for the moment. Okay. So those are a bunch of uh, early church people. What do you think so far? I think we've definitely established the difference between fallen angels and demons. I don't really think they're the same. Okay. This is a perfect segue into why we think that they're giant, the spirits of giants and not something else. Okay. Okay. So number one, giant born from a human and a fallen angel. Okay. Does it have a soul since? Okay. So I'm going to say not in my opinion. No, I would say they don't have souls. And the reason is because, all right, an angel mixing with a human, that's a completely unholy mixture, completely against nature. So what would result for them? That would not be something natural. Okay, no. do you know what I'm saying? It would yeah. not be natural, which would be very unnatural. So, if they don't have a soul, let's say they don't have a soul because of the unnaturalness of their the absolute monstrosity and the horrific hybridization going on there. Let's say instead of a soul, they had a different a spirit. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's say they don't they don't have souls. Well, what do they have? They would have another kind of spirit. Okay, number two. Okay. All right, so when fallen angels appear in the Bible, they can have, as we see in Genesis 6, they have children with humans. And the, some non-fallen angels in in the story of Lot, they appear and they become fully physical and they eat food, okay? They do a, a regular function of the body. They eat food, all right? All right. So, exactly. So, when angels show up, they can have physical bodies, 
All right. That that's what we know. That's the only thing we know. We don't know if the fallen angels aren't allowed to have bodies. I've heard those theories, but no, we don't. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. All it says is that fallen angels and angels can manifest in physical bodies. Okay. Okay. Any thoughts on that? I think this is true. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense for them to appear in physical bodies. And I mean, like, like you said, it would just be unnatural for like what a giant is. So I don't think it would have really, like you said, like a spirit like that. Kind of so, like what you're saying. Here's another thing. If they, if angels and fallen angels can have bodies, then why do demons beg bodies while they're possessing people? Why would they be possessing people in the first place? Why are they so desperate for another body? Here's what's really interesting. In all the stories, okay, they okay. bet like the in the cold open. We read the story of Jesus casting the legion out of that guy into the pigs. They're like, "Please, master, send us into the pigs." Well, why do they want that so bad if they're angels and can have a, a physical body? Yeah, see what I'm saying? Does that make yes, sense to you? Like, an, another thing is that the Hebrew and Greek words used for demons are never the same. Like, never the same. As the words for angels. Okay, I'll give you another example. It, in Revelation 12, it says Satan and his angels. It doesn't say Satan and his demons. Yeah. Okay, it says Satan and his angels. Whenever it talks about the fallen angels, you know what it calls them? It calls them angels. When it says the spirits in prison, it talks about the angels held in gloomy chains or whatever. It's, it doesn't say yeah. anything about demons there. I think you prove a good point, like, Demon, demons, angel, fallen angels are different things because the Bible never compares a angel to a demon. It never does. Okay, there's a part where it says Satan is the prince of demons. Okay, well that's cool, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that doesn't take away from what we've already established. Okay? Yeah. But I but from looking at the language, there's a few. There's like a bunch of different words used for demons. There's a lot of variety, which we'll get into in part two of this episode. You guys will have to listen next week. Tune in next week and you'll see the next part. But the language is, has a ton of variety in the Hebrew and the Greek. There, there's a bunch of different words. There's the Oberim, the Matim, the Teraphim, the Shadim. They're like it. I could, I could go on. There's like the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, and spiritual forces of evil. It talks about the elemental spirits, the powers of the air, the sons of God. <laughs> wink, wink. Then we have wink, like wink. the Rephaim spirits, etc. Like there's a ton of stuff going on there. The Shadim, the Shavrim, tons of variety. In the Greek, it's Daimonia, and but the, okay. those are not the same words for angel or fallen angel. Very different words. I think the world also just kind of classify like, okay, e angels are good things and demons are bad, so they're clearly like contradict each other, so they're the same thing. I feel like that's what they're kind of like thinking, like, okay, this will just be agreed upon from pretty much everyone. It mainly came from a fiction book called Paradise Lost by John Milton. That's where that idea came from. Uh, that, okay. That angels are, that fallen angels are demons. That's where the idea came from. Not from the Bible. There's no verse in the Bible that ever says that. But there, in John Milton's book, Paradise Lost, there is a section where it, that's kind of what it says. It kind of, it, it, that's where the story goes in this it's kind of a fan fiction of genesis and it, it interesting it, 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 yeah it's the hardest thing i've ever read i don't even know but <laughs> it, it's crazy but the idea that fallen angels or demons came from that book kind of crazy that is kind so, of crazy to recap number one the language 
of the when the words are used for demons, they are never the same as angels. When it's talking about fallen angels, it specifies Satan and its angels. The angels chained in prison doesn't ever say the demons chained in prison. It says the angels chained in prison. Okay. Okay. They would be created from a, such an abomination uh, of a action uh, of our mixing of kinds. They wouldn't have a soul. They'd have something else. They'd have a spirit. Uh, this is what Enoch says explicitly, but I think the Bible implies it. But by all this talk of them, it only calls them unclean spirits. Or, or I think we just really just established, you know, that there there is a big difference between them. Fallen yeah. angels and angels are a whole different thing from, than demons. Fallen angels might be evil, and demons are evil. So I can see the confusion and the comparison between them, but they are not the same thing. Yeah. So here's like the deal. Right, so let's say the giants, if you kill one, a demon emerges, okay? Like its spirit okay. stays on Earth, and that's a demon. Now, what's really interesting is that they would have been destroyed, like the the giants or the demon bodies or whatever, whatever, the giants, okay, would have okay. been destroyed in the flood, okay? Okay. Which means that after the flood, there would have been, that's when the demon, like that's when all, like a ton of demons showed up because they just killed all the giants. Now, yeah. they, they would obviously hate water. This isn't necessarily speculation. I'll tell you why. But th- they hate water, okay? Okay. Then we see stuff like holy water used by Catholics. I'm not saying I, I'm not, I don't advocate for Catholicism whatsoever. But holy water, when you're doing like exorcism stuff, it does, from the accounts, seem to work, uh, which is really interesting. That is. And then and we have in the story like we read in the cold open, the pigs guess what? They die in the water. And the really interesting parallel there is that they the demons had some bodies again, a bunch of bodies, but then those bodies they lost them again to a bunch of water. I saw that parallel. I don't know if anyone else did. I thought that I, was I see what you're saying. You know what I see, mean? Is, yeah. Isn't that kind of interesting? It's like very parallelism and the Bible likes to do that a ton. Yes, it does. So all right, I think that we've established why we think that giants, gi- the spirits of the giants, are demons. Okay, and yeah, we have. That, is, that was what it was in Jewish thought. The Enoch, even if you don't like it, it does affirm that. So they were thinking that way back when that was written. No matter, it depends on when you think it was written. If it was written during the Second Civil Era, or if it was written by Enoch, you know, you know, there's a lot of dispute there. But either way, they've thought that for a long time. Okay. And in defense of Enoch, real quick, Jude quotes it, okay? It quotes a verse from it, and that doesn't mean just because one verse is... Okay, I heard the, the argument that one ver- that one verse is true, and that's it. Like, you can't trust anything else in it. And I was like, that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. Because that... Yeah. There's no logic there. It's like, oh, that one verse is true, but don't trust anything else. What? I mean? think that if the Bible quotes it, I think that verse is 100% true. I well, think yeah. everything else is probably like 99% true. It's not not like we can have like a like a full assurance that we can't treat it like the gospel. We need to read Enoch with Bible glasses and not read the Bible with Enoch glasses. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All right. So we got that out of the way. Just saying so in defense of it, like the disciples and Paul and them shared the view of Enoch from what they wrote because they wrote, they quoted it. I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm going to quote this one first. Anyway, I'm just saying that the at least Paul, he knew what was going on, and he quoted it. So anyway, 
No verse in the Bible ever says you can't find it. I already tried. So I'm I'm convinced the only person who can really change my mind is the uh, well the Bible, um, or or Jesus. So because I if I find something in the Bible that contradicts that, well then obviously I change my mind. But I have it, and I've been studying this for like a while, like over half a year. So I haven't found anything yet. So any thoughts about that before we move on? Not really. No. Okay. Okay. So. Where are demons? Like, where do they reside? So, what, what do you think? Personally, I think as we covered in the last episode, I think it's Sheol. Okay, okay. I would say that that little group of the Rephaim are down there. Okay, Enoch says that. I don't know if this is necessarily true, obviously, but but Enoch says that at the, during the flood, God was going to send all of the demons down to Sheol, but Enoch took pity on them, and he, he asked God, he was like, can you spare some of them because they're getting punished or whatever? And God let a tenth of the spirits stay on earth to tempt us and afflict us. And because the humans and the angels cohabitated and created them, what that would mean is that there's a bunch down there, but there's a, like a bunch up here too. Anyway, that is true. That's just what, that's what uh, that was obviously horrible paraphrasing or whatever, <laughs> but you know, something like that. So, I mean, I think that makes sense. I would just say that that would imply there's a like that was that was a lot of a lot of giants. Yes, I will say that. Like that sound, if all and like there was like what like five thousand in that legion guy because legion we looked it up in Roman, in the Roman times a legion was like five thousand men or seven thousand something like that, and that's a lot of in one guy. That is a lot. So that would have been a lot of giants. I do have a verse that kind of backs up the idea of how they're in Sheol, like we were saying. Yeah. It's, well, it's not technically a verse, it's a chapter, so I won't read the whole chapter for time's sake, but it's Revelations 9, chapter 9, and it talks about the, how on Judgment Day, that there will be like locust-type creatures of demons will emerge from the bottomless pit, and it keeps talking about the bottomless pit the demons are coming from. So I feel like that kind of implies bottomless pit means going down straight to earth, which means, like we talked about, that Sheol's in the center of the earth. So, I mean, I feel like the connections are here. Interesting. So what do you think of that? So, I think, well, what does the actual verse say? I don't know if I've read that yet. Well, it's about 11, 12 verses. Do you want me to read them all? Read the part about them emerging from the pit. All right. I'll just start in a five. Read it all, because I don't really have the exact verse highlighted. Revelation chapter 9 fifth trumpet the locusts from the bottomless pit then the fifth angel sounded and i saw a star fall from heaven to the earth to him was given the key to the bottomless pit and he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace so the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power they were commanded a not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. The torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will free from them. Okay, so that right there. Okay, so what that means is either it's talking about now it could be talking about yeah it could be 
yes or it could be and or or you know what i'm saying so yeah in revelation it's super symbolic so it's either a yes like as in like there's two options and you say yes to it or you mm-hmm. say or it's a or and i i'm pretty sure this one is a yes as in it's two things at once so the way that it's described if you continue down down there it sounds like some roman demons okay okay now that's really interesting right there it sounds like some like some roman demons in their mythology that are led by none other than apollo okay but what's really interesting is that we already talked about apollyon is the name is like apollo apollyon it's another name for apollo okay you know the angel of the the abyss the the pit yeah really interesting right there anyway if you if you catch my drift so a lot of revelation i'll tell you right here in my opinion is talking about the destruction of the temple which was a big deal okay Uh, okay all right so what it sounds like is it's some demonic creatures that were released from the abyss during the, the last five months of the siege of jerusalem okay or it's also representing of the Roman army saying that they like locusts destroy all the supply of their stuff and they just, you know, and then by with scorpions, you know, the way they, they kill and punish or they don't kill, but they, you know, enslave and punish. Yeah. So there's, there's a few different options there. I would probably say yes. Like if you say which one do I think, I would probably say yes, both. But then again, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. So. I mean, Something can any of us be with revelations? No. But, yeah, anyway, we can't be ever 100, 100% sure about yeah. everything. Anyway, so, yeah, that I think that's really interesting. Maybe some demon creatures led by Apollyon during the last bit of the Siege of the Temple. Or it could be talking about Rome, or it could, talk, it could be talking about both. Because the Roman, one of the Roman legions that attacked Jerusalem had, like, as their, like, the god, their patron god was Apollo. Which is really interesting. Yeah. So I think it could be that one or it could be both. Either way. So anyway, that's a that's really interesting though. That's really that yeah. is. Okay, so back on the topic, where are demons? I would say demons are they probably well what they they reside in the waterless places. It's in a parable uh, that Jesus tells that they'll wander the waterless places and and stuff. So they're all around the world, I think. And I don't they're not omnipresent, but we don't really know how the spiritual realm works, so we don't know if they're like if they can teleport or they can that sounds weird, but like appear in different places. Yeah. You know? I don't think they can read our minds. I think they can give us thoughts though. I don't think they can read our minds. I think they can't I think like you said, they can give us thoughts. I feel like they can just naturally kind of make it an assumption of what our sinful desires would be. I also think they, since they can observe us and they never forget things because they don't have a brain, I think that they they probably know exactly what things make us fall the most into sin. Yeah, and so they use those as temptation. But it's also we can't we can't leave out that a lot of times it is our own flesh that is tempting us too. So yes, but we can't leave out the small bit. The the, the demons do a little bit too. So yes. It, it's our our sin nature, but it's also the demons do a little bit too. So yeah, we have to make sure we got both covered. But so I think they, I don't think they can read our minds, but I think they can insert thoughts. And like you said, yeah. if they have, and if they have memory of like everything, I mean, 
the world's been around for a long time, so they probably know a lot about humans. Yeah, I was watching that nefarious movie, and the demon-possessed guy is talking to the atheist psychiatrist or something like that. And he says, man, theology from a demon? I would never have expected that. And then the demon's like, I know more theology than anyone of your species. And he's, and he's talking about how he's been around and he can't forget anything and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. Wow. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, they really do. They can't forget anything and they've witnessed way more than us. They were right there as Jesus died. So they know, they know yeah. what's going on. So yeah, they, know they have a ton of knowledge. They're not omniscient though. They're not omniscient at all. And they, they even have less knowledge than I would say the fallen angels do because they're just yeah. giants. But they do have a ton of knowledge. They, but they're not omniscient. Only God is omniscient. Yeah, I would agree with that. But they do have a lot of knowledge though from what they've seen, from what they remember and all that stuff. So Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So what power do demons have? Like over like how can they affect Christians? How do they affect the world around us? What do, what do you think? I think one of the main ways is temptation. Like you said, it is our own worldly like things. We want like money and stuff like that. But I feel like there also is a part that the demons do have to play with it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like demons do have a little like, oh, yeah, a it's play both. It's in what we do. Both, but yeah. we, I was just making sure we, we can't forget that it, it was all, it's also partly us. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So I would really say i say they they can't do anything physical i would say they can't like physically harm humans i would say what if they i mean you? i they still could like well i feel like cause that's a interesting topic they do that i'd say they do do that i mean that is true but i would say like what i'm saying by like physically harm you i would say like they can't just appear and start you know beating you up well again they, they don't can't do that physical bodies so they can't do that. yes they can't, do that. they can't physically harm you as another physical person not yeah, like they, a person can they can't you. like appear and punch you in the face yeah you can't get gut jabbed by a demon <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't just get oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that hurt and then the demon just leave that, that's not yeah. how it no works. that's a, yeah because they can't have bodies see what i'm saying they have to possess yeah. people or animals or toys or i mean that happens does it, does it have to be a soul though does it have for to, them to does possess? the thing have to have a soul for them to possess it i would think so well well, do you, how do you find possess? Because they can like inhabit something that doesn't have a soul. I would say possess is take control, like kind of take control of something, and where you basically like I don't know, you just kind of take control of the person or thing. Okay, so, but do you think what if they inhabit something that doesn't like is and and what if they inhabit but don't possess something that's an inanimate object? Like I said, they control a doll, but it's not like they're possessing it; they're inhabiting it because they can. Do that to in inanimate objects. You know what I'm saying? Because it, like just... it happens in in voodoo and stuff where they like trap it in a bowl or something with some like ritual or whatever. So it seems like they can be bound to objects. That's what idols were. They would do the opening of the mouth ceremony and they would w- try to welcome whatever spirit they wanted to talk to into their idol. That's what idols were. Okay, I do see what you're saying. I feel like personally, I need a little bit more. Not, I'm not saying evidence as I, I don't believe you. I do just want like a little bit more like either what the Bible says on it, like possessing, as you said, dolls. Because something I don't believe you, it's just, I feel like that's a very horror movie thing. The Bible doesn't really get too much into that, but there are tons of exorcist stories where they have to deal with like, I heard one, it's Father, Father Carlos Martin. He talks about when he was exercising this girl's house 
was a bunch of like crazy things were happening. They weren't too crazy, but there were some things going on. This girl, like she had this music box and it would never turn off. Like it would just like, like just start going in the middle of the night. It was like, ain't no way. I that would be scary. Now. Okay. And so she calls in the exorcist. The exorcist, he does the holy water thing, which does seem to work. I mean, against demons, not for like rituals or whatever, but against demons, yeah. I don't know. It seems like, they, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit more to that than what we know. Anyway, right. So they're doing that. Okay. And he goes up to the thing and she had not been able to move it or open it or anything. It was just stuck and it couldn't do anything. Okay. Bro walks up to it. It's playing. Okay. Touches okay. it. As soon as he starts, when he touches it, it stops playing. Okay. Moves okay. the box, opens it. Guess what? There's nothing inside. No mechanicalness, no nothing. It has the keyhole. That's it. It has nothing else. Literally, it's an empty box, and it was doing that. Okay, it's what the exorcist was telling. So that's, that's no, number one. That's an ain't no way. I'm leaving. I'm piecing out. I'm I'm done. I'm gone. If I was in that house, <laughs> nope, not for no. You know what I'm saying? That's just crazy. To like, I'm just kind of comprehending it right now. You know if like, saying? yeah, if that if that person's being 100 percent honest, that that's happened. That that is a factual happening. A music box played by itself. Yes. And but it was I demon. mean, honestly, I'm thinking, would that have scared people hundreds of years ago? I don't think it would scare them as much. But I think no, demons I think know yeah, know that horror movies and stuff like that scares humans. Oh, well, so like how can yeah. we scare them? They just look at they just, you know, I'd say look at horror movies, but they do. They know what we are scared of. Because it, that's everywhere. Horror movies are everywhere. So they know what we're scared of. And they do it to make them make people fear. And I think the purpose behind that is so that they'll question God. Uh, yeah, that's what I think they do UFO stuff for too. Yeah, I feel like they just question. They make them question God. Like, well, would God have really let this happen? So it's like God really real and like stuff like that. I think they make them question, like stuff like that. And what you're saying about the going just like you know, a little bit more on this. Is you're saying about the one tenth of giants stayed on Earth, and kind of you know, spirits, yeah. And weren't they kind of meant to God's like God said like not really torment humans, but they're kind of left there. So I feel like I mean, all I'll say is I just think from the the accounts we have now of stuff happening with demons like affecting objects and stuff, I feel like they can do that, and I don't know why they couldn't, because if they can if they can overpower a human and they're like do like through possession i don't know why they wouldn't be able to affect a toy just by like moving it around or doing something like that just to freak people out you know what I'm i see what you mean now yeah i see what you mean like not like a full-out chucky story but like they move yeah. the toy or make make people freak out and like question reality and stuff you know yeah it won't be you know the doll spinning no. its head back around and like no, I wasn't my saying, precious and stuff like that yeah well, i was saying, saying no. anything, i wasn't saying anything like yeah anything like that that's not what i was going for you know what i mean yeah, I see, I see what I was, you're saying now. Okay, okay. Not like, not like chase you around the house with a knife. Yeah. Like, like move and look at you and be like, ain't no way. I would be scared to sleep every night if that was real. I mean, yeah. Anyway. So, I and also, demons can affect places, like territories, which is really interesting because there's another kind of entity that can do that or specifically, which we'll talk about next episode, which will be Demons Part 2. We'll get into all the types of uh, demons that we that the Bible talks about and uh, the details it gives, or different spiritual entities and stuff, some fallen angel stuff. We'll talk about we'll talk about angels a little bit, but not too much. I mean, like, just yes, demons. just uh, demons. 
but yeah, so they can. I think they can affect places because there's the exorcists have this thing where they do the exorcism of place, where they exorcise a place, not just like a person, but a place, which I think is really interesting. I think that that I think that, that happens. As, yeah, if especially if you let them into your home, you have to like give them permission. As what happens with the creepy black eyed kids and all that stuff. There's a story with a pastor. Okay, and okay. the pastor he like got a knock on the door, went to the door, opened it. Okay, there's like this kid. He was like stand, sitting at his door. It was like nighttime or something. Like no one around at all. Okay. Okay. This kid look, looks at him and he's like, I need to come in. And that's like all he says. And the guy, the pastor, this is like a straight up pastor. Okay. The pastor okay. says like when he's like telling the story, he's like, that was the most fear I've ever felt in my entire life. Like in that moment when he said that. And then he knew something was not right. So I, I haven't heard the rest of the story, but. Oh. That's like. I want to hear the rest of the story. That's like an ain't no way. Yeah, that's, so, that's not a good moment. So what, what I was saying by that is that they have to ask for your permission to do things. Like it thinks that there's stuff about that with the UFO encounters. There's stuff about that with vampires, which I'm not saying necessarily. We'll have to talk about that later. But what I am saying is vampires sound demonic and they always have to ask permission to do stuff or to come in. Yeah. So we do have some kind of authority. God gave us dominion, not them. Yeah, like they might have some power of like possession and all that, but they don't have ultimate power. They can't they, just, you know, possess you, make you burn down your house, and then peace out. I mean, they can, I mean, they can do that. I don't think they have that much power, I'll say. I don't think to they have like that much power. To, like, make you do that? To, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have the power to, like, possess, say, a military, and then just start wars. I don't think they have that kind of power. Well, how do you know? That's never really happened before you. Well, how do you know? I mean, Would they tell you been they were really possessed? Good. I mean, like... Sorry, if you were if you were that. a demon that really wanted to like do that kind of thing, I think you'd probably pretend to be totally normal. I don't know. I mean, I don't think we'd really know. Yeah, we probably won't know. So I don't know. Yeah. All I'll say is we don't know. Yeah. I do it, see what you're saying, but at the same time, I just say we don't know that hasn't because we don't know the details of all the that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I I just don't think they can have like that. Because if they did have like rules to their power per se. And they can just possess people. I feel like they wouldn't allow what a lot of things happen. They can't do anything outside of God's control. Yes. We need to establish that. God controls everything that, like, not, like, controls everything that they do. But everything that they do is in, in his plan. And they can't do anything that he doesn't allow them to do. Yeah. So, obviously, we can trust God in that. And also, God, Jesus has conquered them all. So. Which we'll get into tomorrow because we'll get we'll finish this all out and talk about all the rest. Or not tomorrow, but next episode. next week. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there are some that can like. T- well, we'll get into this obviously next week, but there are some that can like tell the future, the knowing ones. It's really interesting. There was a story in Acts where uh, Paul's getting followed around by this demon girl, or girl who's possessed by a demon, and her parents are making a profit off of her because she's telling the future for people. And oh. and he keeps chase and he ke- she keeps following him just being like declaring he's sent by God or something like that and he gets really annoyed because he just she keeps saying the same thing so she's just like re- he rebukes the demon he's like come out of her and he does because he asked to and yeah but then but then the parents are annoyed they're like bruh you just that was the way we were getting money it's like the saddest <laughs> thing I ever heard so, that's yeah so that did happen I'll tell you that. I mean, anyway. if the Bible says it's true. So, anyway, I think they do have a bit of power. I think fallen angels are more powerful, but everything that fallen angels and demons do is under the authority of God, and they can't do anything outside of his control. 
Yes. Whatsoever. Like nothing. Literally nothing. Can I get an amen, brother? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, next week we will get into the full thing where we're going to dive in to all the stuff the Bible says about the different kinds, what fallen angels can do, all of that. We'll get into possession a lot more. We'll get into how Jesus conquered them. We'll talk about the goat demons in Exodus. We'll talk about the gods of the nations. We'll talk about all the rest. So, yeah. Make sure to tune in next week. It's going to be very packed, but good. It's going to be be packed. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's also going to be very, very packed. So the elemental spirits. Now, this is going to be one of the first things we're going to be covering on Demons Part 2. Here's what's really interesting. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Okay. So, now what do you think about that verse? I mean, the elemental spirit. That's just an interesting thought. What's an elemental spirit? Yeah. Well, the elements are fire, earth, water, air. Yeah. If we're thinking like, I don't know, Ninjago. All I'm thinking of is Frozen 2 right now. The All elements that help the, the last airbender, You know what I'm saying? Like, fire, earth, water. And yeah. It was all okay until the Fire Nation attacked. You know what I'm saying? It's fire bad. Fire bad. Anyway, it's just really interesting. The elemental spirits. And what's really interesting is that it ta- sounds like they talk about philosophy. It says that see to it, no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world. Sounds like false religions. That's what it does. Really so, I mean, it also says in Colossians 2 20-22, it says if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive to the world do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch uh, according to human precepts and teachings. That's interesting. That's that interesting. is scary. Okay, that's super interesting. Galatians says, in the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the son, born of a woman, born under... Make sure to tune in next week if you want to hear the rest of the conversation. We're going to be getting to all the different types of angels and demons, etc. We'll be talking about all in depth. We'll finish the conversation with everything else we know. Obviously, probably in the future, we'll cover demons again sometime or different aspects of demons. But this is kind of our general overview since this is our first time doing this. We're kind of getting our beliefs across. So we'll see you guys next week on Into the Abyss.